This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Anyway, the music of Mr. Bernstein mm. uh, welcomes Philip Malloy. He's tied up his horse outside yes. the saloon. I'm he's, taking uh, off my stats. Yes, and he's, he's hitched up his 45s. Now, yesterday, that arrogant ass, uh, John Michael McDonough, is that his name? That's his name. Uh, said Irish movies were rubbish. You promised the listeners that you'd come up with your top 10 Irish movies. I promised the listeners I'd do likewise. Uh, I would say there's no chance we agreed. I would be more of the kind of conservative, you know, popcorn and Coca-Cola man. You'd be the kind of, you know, great liberal arts fella and all that sort Um, of stuff. Yeah, and I I think some, I think, we might have some contributions from listeners as well. Well, how are you going? All right, like, give it a start. Well, now, gonna, don't give me a, a pressy on each film. No, Just I'm only giving. I've, I've purposely only given a sentence, or a sentence Philip, and a half. Philip, your sentences. A sentence Roy and a half. William Shakespeare. Okay, uh, for, for, so we're, we're going from ten down. Yeah. And I've ha- I have you won't like the first one because you'll say I'm stealing it from you. First one is Garage. Yeah, stolen from me. Sweet, sad elegy to lives and opportunities wasted and lost. Right. And it showcases the director Lenny Abraham's facility with actors. The comic patch short is wonderful as the film's moon-faced petrol station worker. That's I it. told you. Very, I told very, you. Very short. A huge <laughs> sentence. Very short. out loud. Agree. Are you going for that at 10 as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't I let's worry less about the numbers, but I agree yeah. with you. Okay. Um, Number nine. Yeah, I'm, I'm very taken with Lenny Abramson, uh, the way he's, his career has developed. I think that was his second film after Adam and Paul, yeah. and it was great. Any noise you hear is my head bouncing <laughs> off the, the desk. The, the, the number, nine, number nine is The Snapper. Disagree. I love The Snapper, and I think it's the best movie in the Roddy Doyle, Barrytown trilogy. And I, I think it has a grasp of, of Dublin working class life that you rarely find as a effectively presented in the cinema as it is here. I All right, love, of the this. Roddy Doyle movies, the commitments, and you'll sort of say, but I just... No, I, prefer, I, 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 no, I, I, I The commitments is a very obvious choice. Will you go ahead? Yeah, yeah, but just I, lo- I love the snapper. I, I, the snapper. I, I, hold on. I prefaced my <laughs> remarks by <laughs> saying I was a popcorn and Coca-Cola guy in relation to the movies, and well, my what's, stuff... What's would, not popcorn and Coca-Cola well, about no, the I just knew it would offend your uh, sort of, oh, you know, you're, you're facade of... Uh, you're, you're trying to you're trying to find a way out there. But now. there was great okay, music. The next, I love the music. Yeah, right. and uh, yeah, there's great dialogue in it as well. The next one, number eight, is the Crying Game. Agreed. Rich and complicated treaties on race, gender, and sexuality that established a new place for independently made cinema in the marketplace in the early nineties. This came out, I think, it was 1992. Won Jordan the best um, uh, original screenplay uh, Oscar, and. Uh, it was you. You don't know. You don't realize. You don't. Maybe you don't remember, George, the effect that this had on independent cinema and the likes of companies like Miramax at that time. It was a big breakthrough yeah. movie in the states. The Crying Game was brilliant. Yeah. Just so far, George is right. McDonough is an ignorant ass. Says Rob, the Crying Game floored an audience around the world. Jim Sheridan's technically inept. Your man is the cheek to say. Says Fergal. I mean, that's a really good example there. Well, wait, wait, give me that again. I, Fergal is basically saying that the Crying Game, as you rightly point mm. out, had a huge effect. Yeah. And McDonough is saying that Irish filmmakers but are is he, technically. But are you taking it to Mac, are we are we taking it to McDonough's even going back that far? I mean, that makes it even worse. What he's saying, but even of worse. Of course, he's going worse. 
He's going back. He's going back to your man, the fella who made the film about the fellas in the kayaks over in Connemara. What was his name? <laughs> what was his name? He's going back. What was his He's going back to the sli- silent period, is he? No, you know the fella I'm yes, talking about. What I was do. his I, name? I do. I'm thinking of it. I caught you out there, see. Oh. Anyway, right. Okay. Uh, I, love n- I love Nothing Personal, which is at number seven, as based on the story of the Shankill Butchers. It's a vastly underrated film. It was directed by that nice director, Thaddeus O'Sullivan, from the mid-90s, and it depicts the northern conflict in terms of a naked tribal yeah, war. It's didn't like it at all. It. It's probably too, probably too real for you. A bit too real for me. Yeah. Thaddeus O'Sullivan, though, I do look... Uh, I went for Cal, I must say. I thought Cal was a fantastic movie. Yeah. I think, ultimately, it was a bit too slow. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. All right. Number six, then, is The General. I can't believe you yes. entered this. Number six is The General. And this is uh, this one that has grown in power, in my estimation, over the last six, six years. A canny, elegant version of the Martin Cahill story in sumptuous. The black and white, the use of black and white in it by, George, by John Borman is gorgeous. Now, now, when I think, when I came, when that came out first, I think I misread it. I don't know, but I've seen it about half a dozen times yeah. since. By the way, I like the, the listener, uh, Fergal, about Jim Sherrod, and it was, of course, Neil Jordan and a crime. Of course, yeah. Yeah, thank you, uh, yeah. listener. Uh, I went for a general at number six as well. Did you? Yeah, General Michael Collins. <laughs> very good. Michael Collins. Very droll. Well, Michael Collins was a smashing movie. Uh, it was a very good movie, yeah, but I have two uh, Neil uh, Jordan movies on yeah, this well, list. Yeah, well, I went for Michael is. Collins anyway. Okay. Yeah. Now, The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Agree, yes, agree, agree. A uniquely agonising account of the Irish Civil War that took the Palm d'Or for Ken Loach at the Cannes Film Festival. Now, Hunger, I think that <laughs> I, and, and all you have to do is look at a list like this. Over the last 40 years, the, the North has been almost been its own film genre uh, for this country. And Hunger is a close-up version of the Bobby Sands story by the, uh, the great director director Steve McQueen and uh, I think it deserves its place on the list for a 17 minute confrontation between Sands and a priest who's played by Liam Cunningham um, uh, yeah. for that alone it deserves its place I, I didn't put hunger on my list I went for the guard the guard oh stop George what are you trying you're just trying to make it make up now to, to no there's a great phrase that you use What's laboriously that? and painfully boringly every week What's that? and it's vastly underrated what is it you say that every week The Guard is a vastly underrated film to use your own phrase it's underrated do you reckon it's underrated by a lot of for you I, it's not on your list no I think the The Guard is, is not on my list because I don't rate it the way you rate it and uh, I, in fact I find Cal Calvary is a much better, believe it or not, Calvary is a much better movie. Well, Mary Atkinson thinks Calvary was absolutely dreadful, completely overrated. Okay. Number three on my list then is The Dead. Mm. Uh, John Huston, who was on his last legs at the time, this was his last movie, he transported an Irish cast, an Irish subject, and an Irish setting to this warehouse in Santa Monica. And uh, he made this, I think, exquisitely concentrated film version of one of the stories from Joyce's Dubliners. Right. Simon thinks the greatest Irish film of all time is the dead. Yeah. I, on man, the Simon. other hand, there's a man. There's a man with taste. Simon. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. He, I didn't put the dead in my list because it was filmed in Santa Monica. Oh, for God's sake! Would you? Right, would right, be, right. Uh, you were the fella yesterday. No, you're, no, you're being too restrictive now. You you're were being the far, far, far too restrictive. All right. Okay. Anyway. Okay. I, number two no, to hold me. Hold on. Will you relax? <laughs> I do I not get a word in? Instead of The Dead, I put in, which I thought had a towering performance by uh, Richard Harris. The Field. Oh, George. 
What do you mean, old George? That's what I mean. I mean, old George. What was wrong with the field? It was a Harris should have got an Oscar for the field. I think uh, Harris should have got an Oscar for he, the field. Well, he was, certainly was nominated. Yeah, and uh, and you dismiss it. I don't dismiss it altogether, but I'm, but I I don't think it's it's I certainly not one of Jim Sheridan's best movies. Um, I, 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 my, my choice number two is In the Name of the Father uh, which is obviously the story of the Guildford Four but I think it's a classically structured account of one man's descent into hell to save the soul of his son that's Giuseppe, Giuseppe Conlon and uh, yeah. played by the great Pete Postlethwaite in the movie I hate it and it's one of the three films that Sheridan made with Daniel yeah, Day-Lewis I hated it why did you hate it? I don't know, I just didn't like it. It's too real, I suppose. But yeah. in fact, interestingly, I I, I, uh, I thought Daniel Day-Lewis's greatest movie uh, was when he was uh, with the, the last of the Mohicans. I thought it was his greatest movie. <laughs> he was very good in that. Yeah, he I thought very, he was brilliant in that, but that didn't qualify as an Irish and movie. And he did, he did all, the, the, all the things that he always does, learned how to fire tomahawks and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. But... I thought he was stupendous in my left foot, aided and abetted by that wonderful Irish actress who won an Oscar. Yes, he won an Oscar. No, she won. Oh, an Oscar. she won an Oscar. Uh, yeah, yeah. help me out here. No, go on, go on. You, you, you. I knew you. her when she was a girl dancing on Saturday nights in Pembroke Cricket Club. I used to have the old dance with her. In fact. I see. And now I can't remember her name. I see. What was she her was name? in Ballroom of Romance as well, wasn't she? She was, yeah. yeah. All these okay. films I worked Come on. on. Yeah. All right, and your number one My is... My number one is The Butcher Boy, set in Rural Ireland in the 60s, Neil Jordan's best film, and it's the story of a boy who retreats into a fantasy world of television and Cold War imagery when he's abandoned by his unstable mother and alcoholic father. And I'd like to know if anybody out there can help us. I'd love to know, where is Eamon Owens, that kid that was, was so good in this. Where is he? What's happened to him? Uh, so if anybody knows anything, maybe they'd give us a shout. Do you remember a film called Hidden Agenda? I do. What did you think of that? Well, I liked it, yeah, but it was Ken Loach. Again, actually, another film set in the north. I had Ken yeah. Loach, a Hidden Agenda instead of Your Butcher Boy. That's number one. Yeah. I liked it very much. Now, do you remember I was talking about documentaries and yes. Connemara and everything? Yeah. Uh, Bob Quinn was the guy who made a movie about Connemara. It was Corrocks, not Kayaks. Actually, but that's not right. who you're talking about. But I'm that's talking about Robert Flaherty, yes, yes. Man of Aaron. Yes, yeah, Man of Aaron. Yeah. A listener got that. Thank you, listener. What about some other son, Tom and Tipset? Well, okay, Helen Mirren. Uh, it was uh, it was actually produced, I think, by Jim Sheridan. Um, it was okay, um, but I I wouldn't certainly wouldn't have it in the top ten. Uh, Shadow Dancer, Alan thought oh, was wonderful movie. Yeah, but he actually, hasn't seen another Irish movie since he said. He does. They're not any good. Alan says. Oh, but he, he loves. So he's going along with. Uh, no, he thought the Shadow Dancer was. Uh, Sh- was Shadow Dancer was yeah. a really fine thriller. Should, once yeah. again, set in the north. Heidi, Heidi in Kilcock says we shouldn't forget animation shorts and uh, feature-length animation movies. Well, We're very strong industry. Yeah, I know. I, I know, but we'd be. We could actually do a separate piece on no, that. No, no, no. She's right. Brenda Fricker. Thanks, Brian and yeah. Cork. She'd be very upset. I was dancing with her in Pembroke in nineteen sixty. 
one. I couldn't remember her name. And do you know the other I'm one? I'm sure she talks about that every week of her life. Do you know the other one I was dancing with? Two. Uh, yeah, well, I'll talk about it another day. Uh, come on, come on. You, you've gone halfway, half of the way now. You may as well finish a, a it. A fabulous girl who was the image of uh, uh, Bridget Bardo. She was called Barbara Ryle and she was in the Sunday Business Post eventually. Do you remember her? No. And you're a newspaper man. No, well, I, I wasn't looking at she people was who I wasn't looking for Sunday people Business. who looked like Bridget oh, What Bardo. about Jerry Stembridge's about Adam? Ah, no, no, no. Stuart Townsend, uh, no, no, it, was, no, it didn't no. work. Really. I thought we got an interesting sort of 16 or 17 there. Did you? Including the ones I drove. Okay, but if anybody else has uh, their own list or they want to send anything uh, into it. Eamon Owens is doing a lot of stage work. Where? When? He recently, some, Jim saw him in the dead school on stage. Where? I don't know. Mm. Um. Have you seen any movies? Yes, I've seen loads of them. Do you mean uh, first run in the yes, cinema? First run before in the you cinema. go. Right, the cinema. Yeah, before you go. Okay. Do you know what I was watching? I watched it in two parts. I watched it last night and the night before. You will tend to watch the same movies over and over again. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, but no, this is a great movie. South African dancer died of cancer. Uh, Frank Sinatra's girlfriend was in Can Can. Juliet Prowse. Yes. Mm. And the movie was? Which, which, which Had a great song, Frankfurt Special and Wooden Heart and all that. <laughs> An Elvis movie. <laughs> An Elvis movie are we talking about? G.I. Blues. Blues. Yes. Did you Blues. not think that was I, a very listen, good I have Elvis a, I have a soft spot for Elvis movies. Uh, I, I have. You yeah. amaze me. Yeah. Uh, I love Fleming Star being, and I, I, I said Don Siegel Western anyway, all yeah. kinds of great people in it. John yeah. McIntyre is in it. Um, Dolores Del Rio is in it. She plays Elvis, Elvis's mother in it. Mm. Uh, Barbara Eden, remember Barbara Eden, who was in I Dream of Jeannie? And the, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. she's in it. Right. Well, Steve Forrest, do we remember Steve Forrest? <laughs> and who was Steve Forrest's brother? Okay. And what was the television series that uh, Steve Forrest made in, remember The Baron? The Baron. The Baron. Anyway, listen. I'm Based on the John to, Creasy books. Do you agree <sighs> that G.R. Blues was actually a very good movie? By, by, by Elvis standards. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I love the songs in it. The uh, songs yeah, in yeah, it yeah. are amongst time, the best he's done. Yeah, yeah. Frankfurt special was great. And Wooden Heart was in that. Wooden, Heart, Wooden Heart. Heart. When he was in the puppet theater. That's right, yeah. And she was gorgeous. She was very tall and striking and long-legged. Yeah. She looked gorgeous. Yeah. And as you say, she had a relationship with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. And That's he, what you started out and, to say, And do you remember he said to the fella that was playing the violin, he said it must have some ooze. And then he sings and yeah. he gives the, the German fella back his guitar and he says, das is ooze. <laughs> and did you say you watched this twice this week? Twice this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I skipped it. like I skipped the dialogue. Yeah. And just so just to tell through. people, it was uh, Elvis had done about it was it eighteen months or two years in, in the, the army, army in Germany um, in the late fifties, and this was the first movie that he made when he came out of the army. Sixty two, sixty two, and it was uh, uh, it wasn't really a rock and roll Elvis. It was no, a tamer no. sort of Elvis, wasn't it? Moosey Den, Moosey Den, the Stating Lane. That's Wooden Heart. Yeah, okay. that's right. Your German is nearly as good as mine. Okay. Catherine's top. Ten on Twitter, yeah. Walking Ned, Waking Ned, Once, The Crying Game, The Snapper, Intermission, Name of the Father, The Field, My Left Foot, The Quiet Man, Garage. Now, a very interesting list. 
very fantastic very list. Excellent, excellent list. And we are way better than your list. Well, we are remiss in not including the quiet man. Well, OK, I mean, we discussed this last night. Uh, the Quiet Man was a case where uh, John Ford, and I suppose he did to some extent what Houston did. Uh, John Ford took his whole crew, uh, the writers, the cinematographers, of course, the, the John Ford repertory company, all of them to Kong in the west of Ireland and made this movie. And the, the movie as well is, I, you, you could say that it's kind of inherently Irish in that it presents this, this very kind of lyrical view um, of yeah. rural Ireland, doesn't it? Yeah. And, um, it's, and, and he had a whole pile of Abbey actors now, don't forget. He had, had, he had, Jimmy O'Dea's yes. brother was the two Barry, Barry Fitzgerald and yeah. Arthur Space, wasn't he in it as well? Arthur Fitzgerald. No, Arthur Space. I think he was no. in it too. Uh, who else was in Barry it? Barry Fitzgerald's brother, Arthur Shields. Shield, Arthur Shields. Was, that's uh, was the was. Protestant minister. That's right, yeah. Arthur Shields. And uh, all kinds of other people, of course. Um, all right. Maureen O'Hara's brother is in it as well, wasn't he? One of the Fitzsimons? Yes. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Eamon Owens is one of the creative directors, along with Orla Rafter of Fair City, of Boil in the Bag Productions, a travelling theatre company that visits schools with various Shakespearean productions. They came to our school in Newbridge last year with Macbeth, a really excellent production. The students loved it, says Caroline. First class. That's great. Eamon Owens was in Love, Hate. Oh. What was the name of the fella who brought Shakespeare around the country when you and I were in school? Oh, no, let's not put the two of us in the school together, okay, at the same time. Well, right? I was in Leaving Cert, you were in High Infants. I was, you know. All right, who was he? Uh, who are we talking about? Macbeth, did you come up with these cryptic sort of uh, lines all the time? You're supposed to be a bloody genius. Well, come on, come on, come on. What about the movies that opened? What movies opened? Okay, first of all, there's one called The Riot Club. Yeah. And this is based, it's based on a, uh, on a play called Posh by a woman called Laura Wade. And Laura Wade, needless to say, uh, with the director of this movie, will be on the picture show at six o'clock on Saturday. And anyway, this play, uh, Posh, it, we, presented a kind of fictionalised uh, story of the Bullingdon Club and you may remember the, the Bullingdon Club was that Oxford drinking society uh, that uh, that David Cameron that George uh, Osborne and Boris uh, Johnson remember there was a picture uh, of these guys all together in the papers right. there a while ago anyway so what we and the movie then what it does is opens out the stage version of the, the play to uh, to follow the initiation of two first year students as they work up to this wildly dramatic and incident-filled dinner that takes up the final third of the film, of the action. Uh, it's it's a barbed, I think, and sometimes hilarious, uh, funny, hilariously funny indictment of Britain's arrogantly entitled elite, focusing on the lack of empathy in this group of rich boys. Now, uh, hold, I, I enjoyed it, I have to say, yes. immensely. Can I just talk yeah. about Britain's arrogant elite? Yeah. Uh, they weren't found wanting, certainly in previous generations. They're arrogant elite. Are you going to bring when, up the Second World War now or well, something? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that Britain's arrogant elite, like uh, there have been more Etonians uh, in cabinet than any other public school, for argument's sake. Right? So I'm, I'm merely saying these guys can be dismissed as arrogant elite. Or they can be dismissed as guys. Are, 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 are you tell me, George Osborne, Osborne, are you going to make a case for George Osborne? He's the most snobbish man and the most snobbish politician in creation. But I'm going to make a case for the idea that drinking at student, of which I never did, no, but, but drinking at student okay, level it's, it's, 
doesn't mean that you're going to be a bad adult no, later in life. No, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean for certain. But I, I, what this uh, movie does is it actually it points towards the lack of empathy uh, among this group of guys. And if it's not there, then you're asking yourself. And that's all I'm saying you should be. We would do with this movie is ask yourself, is it likely to be there later when they become kings of industry, when they become top bankers or when they become prime ministers? And that's by, a, by large, the empathy is there, in my opinion. But carry on. Well, OK. Your man... <laughs> Douglas, not Douglas Hume now. There was another guy, Douglas. He was foreign minister. Yes. Tall, grey haired yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, with glasses, yeah. Yeah, Douglas, Douglas. Anyway, yeah. he had a reputation of being the, the heaviest beater as a prefect at Eton. That was his. Uh, the heaviest beater? Oh, you with a stick. Oh, you know, because the way they used to beat the fags. Yeah. And he was the heaviest beater. And what, was his okay, reputation. What, what, what happens is, as I say, in the final third of this, they have this dinner. Okay, and uh, it's a kind of initiation dinner. And after the dinner, it's set in this um, in this public house and restaurant outside Oxford. And after they tear up the place, All right. they absolutely tear up the place. And then they pay for the damage because they're well. But the British and Irish lines were tearing up places for years. And but that didn't make it right. Didn't say that didn't, didn't make it right. Uh, anyway, could I just say? Well, before you before you just say mm. because the stuff is coming thick and fast okay. on Irish movies. Good. Would you see Ryan's door? Or as an Irish movie? Well, you know, again, uh, we're, we're back to that debate. You know, what is an Irish movie? OK, in that case, the director or the writer, they weren't they weren't Irish. OK, the money for it was MGM. That wasn't um, uh, Irish. Um, cast. Yet, uh, most of the cast would yeah. have been uh, foreign. Yeah. Uh, OK. Uh, well, look, the four leads were all foreign. foreign. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I wouldn't consider I don't know, it an no, Irish movie. I don't know where you'd go with that. No, I wouldn't consider it an Irish yeah. movie. No, not at all. Okay. Uh, all right. Could, um, could I just say, by the way, I, as I said, uh, the director, um, um, Loney Scherfig, and uh, the, the writer, Laura Wade, uh, they're on the picture show this week. But just like, I just want to mention some of the other things we have coming up, George. Yeah. Over the next two weeks, we will have the director of The Equalizer, a guy called Antoine Foucault, uh, Scott Frank, who's the writer-director of A Walk Among the Tombstones, and we have uh, Zach Braff, who's the writer and star of uh, Wish I Was Here. All of these guys are coming up over the next two weeks on the picture show if you want to know about the movies six o'clock on a Saturday listening to news talk is where you want to be yes okay. or indeed six twenty on a Wednesday <laughs> on a Wednesday we probably spent a bit too long on those Irish films but you were also interested I wanted to give it a shout we never mentioned Odd Man Out which of course is an interesting movie but mm. hardly would count again as an Irish movie mm. on, on the basis of the actors and so on but Noble is not a film I'd like to watch because I don't like ones that are very real are we going to the, the clip first have we a clip yes we do Oh, right. OK, so, the, so the, the question is, um, who is this and what's the name of the movie? OK. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve. And I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night. All right, I got the actor and I got the movie. I love we, that. I love we that. give people a chance to send okay. in their answers to 53106. And we've got a Netflix subscription, as always, okay. for the winners. Now, Noble, I said, I wouldn't want to see because I think it'd be a bit harrowing for me. No, it's not harrowing. It's not. No, it's not too harrowing. 
and it's a biopic first of all uh, by the Irish filmmaker Stephen Bradley uh, based on the life of the Dublin born humanitarian and children's rights campaigner Christina Noble uh, it begins in the mid 50s and the first shot you see is of this um, this young Christina who's obsessed by the way with Doris Day she loves Doris Day and she's singing in a pub in the Liberties for coal and for food for her family okay and then she lives in this tenement with her father who's an alcoholic docker and very violent as well three siblings and a sickly mother after the mother dies the family is broken up and Christina is sent to an orphanage um, in the, the west of Ireland where she's lied to about her, her brothers and sisters she's told that they're dead and uh, and she's forced to endure this kind of Magdalene laundry type um, existence by the nuns she's raped uh, she's made to sleep rough she becomes a single mother and she's abused by this guy that she becomes involved with um, in Birmingham uh, so she understands the sort of vicissitudes of life the, uh, the the trials of life and when she first sees the abandoned children on the streets of Ho, Ho Chi Minh City then in Vietnam she be, identifies with them and her campaign to do something about this is late 70s I think uh, do something about it, 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 it begins I think it's a handsome I don't know if uh, John Michael McDonough would, uh, would go for this or not but I think it's a handsome uh, technically accomplished film and Bradley who also wrote and produced it he never lets you feel that he was restricted by the budgetary limitations and I imagine there were budgetary lim- limitations in his telling of the story but the film's I think single most credit worthy achievement is the way in which it uses three different actresses a lovely kid called Gloria Kramer Curtis Sarah Green and then of course Deirdre O'Kane who's the director's wife uh, to play the, the title characters at different stages this is as you know George this is never easy to do but these three actors they carry Noble along like relay runners smoothly credibly and I think All convincingly right. Now, so, so, can I skip ahead because we're, yeah. we're, we're tight okay. on? Yeah, uh, we have we we have a winner of our Netflix. It was it was Kevin Costner. Yeah. in the baseball movie called called Bull Durham. Bull Durham and Ray from Russellstown and Nathai wins the Netflix subscription. I'm going to skip yeah. because you have a Woody Allen film, and I always want to hear about Woody well, Allen. Do you know he's 78 now? Is he really? so yeah, it's, it's, it's our annual I suppose Woody Allen film and it's a it's it's he makes two kinds of movies uh, ones like Blue Valentine that are substantial that are meaty and then he makes these light sort of breezy ones and this one uh, uh, which is, is magic and falls into that category one of the one of the great things about it is the performance a lovely comic performance by Colin Firth and uh, he plays uh, he plays this 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 grouchy musician who's convinced by a to travel to the south of France to debunk a phony mystic who may or may not be taking advantage of a rich American family. And uh, so... Uh, I, I've, I said the kind of movie it's, it is it's it's Colin Firth it's Emma Stone it's Marcia Gay Harden it's the lovely Australian actress Jackie Weaver and Simon McBurney they're all in it he has this amazing ability which continues uh, Woody Allen has this amazing ability to attract great cast everybody still at this stage of his life wants to work with him oh, you liked it did you? I know it's okay. I mean, okay. it's okay. I, well, I prefer I prefer the more substantial. All right, we probably have time for a quickie on a walk among the tombstones. Okay, then. well, uh, okay, it's 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 a uh, it's a movie by this screenwriter, a fellow called Scott Frank, and. Uh, what, what I'll do is uh, rather than go into his background which I've on, on the list I've done on the list I'll just refer to the plot it's it's a walk among the tombstones written and directed by Scott Frank starring Liam Deeson and it begins in 1991 to explain this character's background 
and then jumps ahead eight years uh, when he takes on a kidnap case to help a friend in Alcoholics Anonymous. This guy is an ex-cop and uh, he left the police after he had killed a girl, um, a young girl, in an, in an incident. So uh, what we're talking about now is eight years after that happened. And the friend then, the friend in Alcoholics Anonymous, his brother, he's this rich and prominent drugs dealer and his wife has been kidnapped. And because he's the kind of person he is, he can't go to the cops. So he hires Matt Scudder, which is the character played by Liam Neeson. And Scudder is uncertain about the relationship with, with this guy, with the drugs guy. Uh, but as I said, he, as he learns more about the kidnappers, the case to him becomes more justifiable. But anyway, uh, just to say, a lot of people might sort of think this sounds a bit close to Taken. But the, the point about it, George, is that, OK, it was written and directed uh, by Scott Frank. And it feels like a, a writer's movie to some extent. And that you get the action, main action at the beginning and at the end. And in between, then you get character development. You get good, good crime film sort of dialogue. And you get uh, you get nice pictures of relationships. And you liked uh, it, didn't you? So I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, yeah. And you, some people might sort of say that he looks very, he sounds very much like the character that he plays in Taken in this. But it, to some extent, what it, it feels like is that they took the character uh, or an equivalent of the character in Taken and expanded them right. and deepened them. Now, Leeson, you mentioned Woody yeah. Allen, 78. Mm. Neeson is knocking on, isn't he? Oh, he is. He's in his early 60s. Yeah. And looks he, he's okay found, for this kind oh, of movie? Oh, he looks great. He looks great. And he's found... Uh, well, I, I don't know if he needed a new career or if it's even right to say he's found a new career, but he's certainly more popular than ever uh, in these action movies that he's taken. They're now doing the third Taken, believe it or not, George. And he said he wouldn't do a third one, but they offered him $20 million. So they're hugely successful. They're very popular, these movies. and uh, he, So he got $20 million, mm, did he? Mm, mm. It's amazing how the money... John Wayne at the peak of his powers. Now, you're you're telling this story because... Why are you That's telling? What? Because you recently read a book. I read the book about Wayne and yeah. his life, which I must say made me warmer towards Wayne. And, haven't you, read you, the and you haven't been warm for some time. Yeah, I haven't You've been no, quite cold about the man. About the man, as yes. opposed to the movie star. Yeah, just because he wouldn't fight in the Second World War. Yeah. Okay. But... Um, at the very peak of his powers, it, like he was getting less than a million, but yeah, he was no, he getting was, a but, percentage. Yeah, but I mean, the big deal at that time, you may remember, was when uh, Liz Taylor was offered a million. I think it was the first time uh, for, for an actress. She was offered a million for playing Cleopatra, remember? And she never turned up most of the time. <laughs> Sophia Loren then was offered a million as well for El Cid. Was she? Yeah, and well, there, was a, there was a big row on the set of that. Well, there was a, an ongoing sort of row between her and Charlton Heston because she the, was earning more than Heston. Do you remember the fellow who, he was a pal of Liz Taylor's when they were kids, Roddy McDowell. Do you remember He was him? a pal all through their life together. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, he was on Cleopatra and the movie was driving him absolutely insane. Right, and he rang up Darrell F. Zanuck, who was a dreadful uh, man. Darrell F. Zanuck, just to tell people, was the head of 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Yeah. So he rang up Zanuck, and Zanuck was making longest day, and he said, "I don't care what you ask me to do, just get me over to France for a couple of weeks, so I can get out." And he was in the he was in the longest day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the famous, I was talking about a Centerburger, Matt, born 13th of May 1941, George born 19th of May 1941, where 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 
we're I'm sure she tells that story all the time. <laughs> she tells everybody that she was born in the same year as George Hook. Yeah, she's her but Santa Burger famously gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous rejected Darl F. Zanuck's efforts yeah. to get her on the couch. Oh, she was a gorgeous woman. And, uh, okay, she was um, in a spy mo- movie in the 60s. What we was gotta it called? we got to go. We just have The to Quiller go. Memorandum. we got to go. Oh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.